Hi, everybody, and welcome back, and welcome back to Freddie. Freddie was one of the first guests and people who really had me starting with these conversations that then turned into a podcast. So it's always so fun to talk to you. And if you want to know more of his wisdom, just scroll back. You'll find more conversations that we've had together, many, many. Um, but today, I wanted to kind of ask Freddie to share more about our window into an experience that I personally don't have, which is that Freddie is a Nurtured Heart Approach advanced trainer and uses Nurtured Heart in his life. And he has adult kids. He doesn't have little kids running around the house like I do. He's in relationship with adult kids and the differences that that, um, you know, brings out and creates. So I would love to be a little fly on the wall and hear about what that's like and, you know, the pluses, the downs, the challenges and the answers. Well, I can, I can speak on it and hopefully illustrate some challenges. I don't know that I can provide many answers, but we'll see what happens. And hello, everybody. It's nice to be back. It feels like it's been a long time. Lucy. I appreciate you and these conversations greatly. Um, I've been thinking a lot about how Nurtured Heart applies in terms of parenting older children. And one of my fascinations for the last three or four years probably has been the power dynamic in Nurtured Heart. So when it's a teacher doing or using Nurtured Heart to students or an, a parent, you know, dealing with small children or a therapist with a client, so on and so forth, and many of the common uses, it's somebody in a position of power using the approach with someone who is not in that same level of power. I've been curious with, you know, working with my spouse or working with couples or obviously for this conversation with adult children, when the power is more equal or less drastically different, um, how it works. And I, and I like it because it leads us into a space of where we are in the nurtured heart world anyways, which is a lot of these behaviors and a lot of our conventional reactions to behaviors are based out of fear and control. And we just think, you know, if we get louder, if we get scarier, if we get more drastic with our threats, you know, we're going to force them to behave. And, and that works in some cases, sadly, when you're a parent of a young child or a, or a teacher in a classroom or something like that. But it would be hard to do that to an adult child, and it would be hard to do that to your spouse, and it would be hard to do that to, you know, say your best friend or something. So part of what I've been thinking about is, and I'm lucky enough to be close and feel very friendly with my two adult children. One is 22 and one is 24 now. Um, and so I, I do think about, like, my my caveat to myself is, like, would I say this or how would I say this to my best friend? And I'm not trying to say that parents should be friends. Like, I am not in that, you know, world. I know that I am their parent and I am not their friend. I have my friends and they have their friends and that's all very healthy. But I do use it as a kind of guide for myself. If I would not speak this way to an adult who is my peer, I should not speak this way to them. And it helps center me. The other thing that I think about is I want to reset myself to love and to see them in all of their greatness before I respond, especially when I am frustrated or worried. I, you know, I think they're making a choice that's going to lead them to a bad place, so on and so forth. Um, I want to back away from all of the fear and all of the guilt and all of the worry, reset to love and see them 
in their greatness and then act from there. So with that as kind of an introduction, the place that I've spent my time most recently is um, I'm resetting myself to think of how I can tell this story without giving away too many personal details because as much as I think real life stories and examples help, um, my children are, as is the whole point of this, adults. And it is not always my story to tell. So, for example, if one of my children is struggling with getting by, you know, life is hard now. And if you're in school and you're trying to support yourself and my oldest child is married now and they have their own house and, you know, they're making life choices. How are we going to make money? How are we going to support ourselves? How are we going to do work that we think is good for the world and not just be more of the capitalistic problems of the world? And, you know, they're young 20s people who feel passionately about things. But um, also work-life balance is important to them and mental health and thinking about, like, I don't just want to be part of this corporate rat race is you know, something that I guess I felt a little bit, but I didn't really feel the freedom to venture down it. So I just, you know, I started a school when I was 24 or 25. And I did that for 20 years. And, you know, we were raising kids and trying to make it and you just didn't really think about that stuff. And all of a sudden, I was working 11 and 12 hour days. And I was passionate about the work, I felt like I was doing good in the world. And I just didn't really think about it much. So part of me is loving that they're having those thoughts. And that they're thinking about work-life balance and they're doing that. But then there's the other part of me that is like almost hazing, if you understand, like with doctors and stuff, when they're talking about how hard they had to work through residency. And then I, I, I don't want to bring that in, but I'm like, well, dang it, your mom and I are in a pretty good place right now, but we worked really hard. We spent those years and we started at the bottom. We worked our way up. And then I'm like, no, stop. Yuck. That's That's so toxic. Like... Just because we lived in a messed up world and system doesn't mean we need to do that to our children. So I have that, I have that struggle going on internally. And then, you know, they make choices. You know, maybe I'm just using hypotheticals, but they are actually real in my children's lives. They get tattoos or they, they sometimes will, you know, drop out of something that they've committed to because it's bad for their mental health, they feel. Or they'll... um. Well, I'll stop there. Those are two things. I wouldn't make those choices for myself. I'm a little bit uncomfortable depending on circumstance, but this is the issue. They are adults, and I love them, and I respect them, and I know that they're hardworking, intelligent people who think about the decisions they make. And then this is the piece that's really been pushing me the most recently is I know there were adults in my life when I was a teenager and in my early 20s who fully disagreed with my reasoning. They fully disagreed with choices I made. And I respected them and I listened to some of their opinions, but I did what I needed to do. And I'm very happy I did it because, you know, when I was in my 20s, these people in their 50s and 60s, they may have had the best intentions for me and they may have thought they understood everything, but they were from a different world. And I understood that clearly when I was 20, 25. Now it's harder. At 50, and being the older person, I have to realize my kids aren't in the same world that I'm in. 
my parents and I, you know, when, when I'm talking to my mom and dad, when I'm talking to my sister, when I'm talking to my wife and we're discussing our views on things, we're not from the same world that our kids are in. We don't have the same understandings. We're not going to live in the same circumstances. So I need to trust them. And I need to trust that even when they're doing something that is totally different than what I think they should do, I need to just be quiet. And they don't even need my opinion all the time. What they need is my support and my love. So I think I may be babbling and rambling a bit, so maybe some questions will help me clarify. But what I'm really trying to express is I want to be a support and a guide and a parent to my children. I have wisdom and experience, and I know them better than anybody since I've raised them. I want to save them from some of life's you know, pains and downs. I want to teach them some of the lessons that I've learned. And yet I can't, and I don't want to on the other side of that because they are their own people and they're making their own choices and they're gaining their own experiences. And while my experiences are very valuable, so are theirs. And I, I find myself fighting between the two. I'm the parent. I'm the adult. I know this. I've lived this. And I, I don't want to even offer an opinion right now because that will, that will influence them. And maybe unduly, maybe I'm influencing because they love and respect me and we have a close opinion. Even if they don't feel like they have to listen to me, they might choose to listen to me. And so why am I offering an opinion? Why don't I just ask questions and listen and support and love? Um, so anyways, I don't know if that is making any sense, but man, there are some difficult decisions that I don't know if I'm making the right decision. I don't know if my wife and I made the right decision. So how the heck am I going to tell this 24 year old woman who's trying to start her life's journey? You know, all I want to do is just be there as a support. And like I said, just love and listen and be there. I don't want to try to jump in the way or, or save her from herself or any of these business. She doesn't need that. She doesn't need that from me. So I'll pause there. Thank you, Freddie, for your honest, um, like transparent sharing of your experience and where you're at right now. I know it's so, it's such a window into reality. And I know this is going to relate and land so deeply for so many people. So thank you for giving us permission to embrace our processes and where we're at with, you know, your example. Um, so thank you for that. That was really meaningful. Um, and I heard so many valuable things in that. Um, you started off with uh, kind of two, and I'm only remembering one, um, places that you try and like stay in, in parenting adult children. And the one that I'm remembering is that you'll always ask yourself, you know, is, is this something I would tell my best friend? Um, and then you kind of went into the reset that you're, that you're finding yourself having to make all the time up against choices and decisions that maybe look different than how you would choose to do them. But coming back to the understanding a, that it's their life and they're adults, it's not your life and b the process of making those decisions and learning their way is the process of growing up and creating themselves and you being in the way of that is going to hinder that 
ability for them to fully grow into who they need to be. And you had that experience and you want them to have that experience. And what I really hear is that like, that's the challenge. I really hear the reset is back to trust. I don't know that you said that word, but what I'm hearing in what you're saying is this trust that this is the process that needs to happen. The trust that they are growing into who they need to be. I hear you saying you don't want to give them opinions. Um, you want to ask and questions and support. I, that in to me sounds like I I trust you to figure this out. I trust you. Whatever you think. Like there's so much, I guess, firsthand experience to use nurtured heart words, firsthand experience of being the best at living my life in hearing you say whatever you think. This is your life. Like, I trust you. You are the right person to make these decisions. You are the right person for this life. So I don't know. I find that incredibly inspiring. I find that you shared a question and an answer already. Um, And I think everything you said is just so um, empowering. It's not easy, but what a beautiful place to be in, in relationship with older kids. And I want to highlight something you said in the beginning, which is practical to everyone in this journey, whatever, wherever you're at with education, little kids, older kids, which is that you said that this is really where we're at with Nurtured Heart, period. And that piece of really what Nurtured Heart is, is not the, um, you know, control and, and getting louder and scarier and, and, you know, yes, that could work. You said, you know, with, especially with younger kids or in a classroom setting, like that could work to get super scary. But that's something we let go of a nurtured heart because our bottom line is not having an easy moment right now without thinking of the future. Nurtured heart takes a stand for the future. Like nurtured heart's bottom line is this person has a purpose in this world. And so we need to get out of the way of managing them to be what I want them to be in this moment at compromising who they are and who they need to be. I need to work on instead seeing who they are and letting them know that letting them see who they are, like letting them experience themselves because they have to get to know themselves because we need them. (laughs) We need them fully. So we need them to be on this journey. And so what you're saying about adults, which is more obvious with adults, it's, it's more obvious that if I try to yell or control or threaten my adult child, they probably won't talk to me anymore or be around me and definitely won't listen, you know? Um, with a kid, it could seem like it's working, but ultimately the principles you're sharing and the reset you're sharing is really, I believe, the higher vision of, of what parenting can be and should be. What definitely my intention in parenting, definitely what I love about Nurtured Heart, definitely what I want to be offering my children is the opportunity for them to f- experience what it's like to be trusted, to grow up and experience the downs and the ups and the questions and the decisions and, and the process of finding who they are and, and what they care about and their values and interests and how to navigate all of it by letting them do it. Like you can't swim if you're not in the water, they've got to do it themselves, you know? So I just love everything you're saying. And I think it applies to all ages. And, um, I, think your kids are very lucky to have such a respectful father who is so willing because because there is fear in you know not knowing how it's going to turn out there is that love we have for our children that we just really want 
everything to be perfect for them. So I don't know that I have a question, Freddie. I think that I love everything you said. How about you just reflect on what I said or new thoughts that came to your head? Because there's no question. You see something beautiful. Well, I appreciate that. I heard lots of gems in what you uh, reflected back there. So one thing I'm thinking is I I love the end game and the long game. And we're talking about a real transformation in people's lives and the way they view themselves, their self-concept, you know, in Nurtured Heart, we'd call it their portfolio and the way that they view their own greatness. But it's more just how they identify and how they feel about themselves. And um, it's easier with small kids for me. You know, I spent my life, like I just said, as a high school teacher and administrator. So I've spent almost my whole adult life with 14 to 18 year olds. And so I was very familiar with that. Now that my kids are older than that, it's different. But um, what I want to share about that is when they're small, I was able to reset into, I don't know if this plane is coming through the video. I'm sorry. There's a plane flying overhead right now. Um, I was able to reset to who I wanted them to be when they were older. So that saved me a lot of, I didn't know Nurtured Heart at this point, so it wasn't like a Howard Glasser reset. It was my own version that I think most of us come to some ways of of being that are similar to what NHA then preaches, and we learn the language of that. But um, I was able to say, like, I, I could just demand compliance from my son, for instance. It was easier for me to visualize with my son. But when he's a 25-year-old grown man, I, I don't want him to be bullied. I don't want him to be susceptible to complying to threats just because somebody had more power. And so I could reset myself like, no, I'm not just going to threaten him and I'm not just going to bully him into obeying because that would make it easier right now because I don't want to teach him how to comply and be bullied. That was easier for me than now when they're adults and trying to look forward the same way. Like, okay, this is going to sound very strange, but at the end of his life, if I am, you know, hopefully I will not still be on in this way of being at that point. Um, but energetically, I will still be around and witnessing, I believe. And I don't want to be like, here is, you know, my son. He cleaned his room and did what he was told. You know, like that is not his purpose on this planet. So why am I wasting energy there? I'd much rather spend time talking about his passion and his energy and what he's working on and how he's helping people and where how he's growing and how he's challenging himself and all of those things that are so much more meaningful to me. So if it's meaningful to me, then I have to put my money where my mouth is, right? I have to put my time and life where my words are. Otherwise, it's just talk. And so I reset that way a lot. Like, how do I want to think of this person at the end, what's really important here. So when I'm saying I reset to love, that's kind of it. I'm frustrated. I sent him a text and he didn't respond for a week. You know, I asked him to do me a favor and he rolled his eyes and gave me all kinds of attitude. And I, you know, there's a part of me that that wants to get sarcastic or or get mean or all of those things. And like, no, because I don't want my relationship to be naggy or sarcastic or all of those things. I I felt that in relationships before. I don't like that. So why am I going to do that? Um, and then the other thing that that I heard you say, interestingly, is um, well, it's just reset again. I I think I just like to pause 
and really think about it's an almost infinite number of possibilities of how I'm going to respond in this moment. When I settle myself down and ground myself and get in the here and now, don't energize the worry and the doubt and all the negative stories that I've told about how it goes and all the ways that that I've seen it done. Like, I much rather live out of my imagination. I, I don't have just the choices that I've seen or done before. I have an infinite number of possibilities of ways I've never done it or never seen it. I can create it right now in the spot based on how I'm feeling right now. If I slow down and center myself and get grounded. So then I'm not reacting out of frustration. I'm not reacting out of, he disrespected me. I'm not reacting out of, I'm a parent and I need to teach him a lesson. Um, because that's all, ugh, I don't like the way that feels. I would much rather respond out of being the dad that I want to be and talking to my children as the people that I want them to be. So um, it doesn't work all the time. I, I just want to stress that. If people are watching, I, there is yelling, there is nagging, there is sarcasm dripping way too often. This is not a perfect world, but we're not here you know, with like a candid camera of this is Freddie's life. We are here with what Freddie is hoping for and thinking about. So, so the other piece I would just say is the same grace and the same baby stepping and all that stuff that we want to do for the other people in our life, obviously we need to do for ourselves. I'm going to mess this up before today's over. Um, but so what? That doesn't change that it's my intention and that they feel my love and that when I'm settled back down, I'll make amends or apologize or we'll have a conversation about why I was sarcastic and why I'm sorry. And that doesn't mean I have an excuse to behave badly. And I'm just going to, you know, I, I think some people can use this. We all make mistakes business as a as a excuse for bad behavior. And I don't mean it in that way. But at the same time we cannot hold ourselves up to some crazy perfect standard. So give yourself grace just as you would give them grace and realize that the energy of what you're trying to do is going to speak through some of the messiness of how we might end up doing it. <laughs> so I hope that helps. I know that was another long-winded way of going. Apparently, this is a topic I got a lot to say about, Musi, so thank you. I love that. And I, I love just what you said, because that feels like such a great closing sentence. And even though I'm going to still talk because I have I have a few more things I want to say. Um, I feel like for all of you listening, like that's such a great way, like a, such a great parting message of like grace with ourselves. And this is not about um, this is not about how we're actually going to navigate because we're going to fall and we're going to, you know, not get it right but we're trying. We are also just what we want to give the kid the ability to like get in the swimming pool and actually swim and like feel like they're drowning a bit, but eventually, you know, they'll get the hang of it. We want to let ourselves have the experience too, because if we demand perfection before we even start, we're never going to get there. We have to fail. We have to play with it. We have to feel what it feels like to get it wrong. We have to feel what it feels like. And, and all of that, all with this, when we have this intention and we come back to this intention and you're listening to my podcast. So literally you care about this or else you would listen to a trillion other things that are out there. I mean, there's so many podcasts you could be listening to right now. You obviously care about this and that coming back to that intention that says you're in the swimming pool that says you're working towards a, a, um, a higher way of, of being that is, is so courageous, um, loving and, um, and beautiful and truthful and so if anything, all of that feeling and drowning just 
is there to show how much you care. Yeah, I just read this thing the other day. Someone said uh, said they were two moms at a ballet class, and the one friend, one mom says to the other friend, "Is your the is yours the is your daughter the one that keeps falling?" And she said, "No, my daughter's the one that keeps getting up." Nice. I, I love that <laughs> because yeah, she's the daughter that keeps getting up. You're the mom that keeps getting up. You're the dad that keeps getting up. You're the teacher that keeps getting up. So I love that message. And just in this last minute. Um, that we have here together, I want to reflect on so you were saying about having, you know, that vision of the end game and what you're really looking for and what you really want your son to be remembered for and, and what his real purpose is. And I think that when we look at approaches and we say like, oh, this approach works, you know, like you have this parent on Instagram sharing reels about if you say this to your kid, it will work. They are guaranteed to want to clean. They are guaranteed to want to brush their teeth. So a really like kind of essential reset to this whole parenting gig that we got ourselves into is like when we say work what 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 are we trying to get to work what what's the end goal so if the end goal is compliance in this moment then yeah it works but is that our end goal of parenting and coming back to that essential reset of what do I really want for my kids? What do I really want my parenting to be about? What do I want our relationship to, to be about? What do I want the culture of my home to be? And then ask myself, does this approach work? Because maybe it works for momentary compliance, but if that's not my end goal, if my end goal are children who know how to navigate their own lives, because they are so, so, so viscerally aware of their independent purposeful greatness. Yeah. They've experienced it again and again and again, and it's been reflected to them again and again and again. So they know it. If my end goal is that, if my end goal is, a, is, a, is an adult who has come to the world fearlessly, you know, to accomplish whatever mission, whatever passion, whatever, whatever clarity they have for them, for themselves, if to bring themselves fully to the table, if, if that's my end goal, then, then I want to ask myself, does this approach work? Does this approach that gets them to clean in the moment, does this approach that gets them to want to brush their teeth, or actually, I don't know if they're going to want to brush their teeth, but get them to brush their teeth, it, does that work for what my real intention is? And oh my gosh, guys, it's definitely the harder way. I mean, there's no question. This is definitely the harder way, but that's why you're so cool. And that's why I'm so cool. And that's why we're all so cool because we're here for this really harder way because we believe in because we love our kids, because we believe in our kids and because we want the best for them. So I think we're the biggest heroes there are. And I celebrate you, Freddie. I celebrate you, my audience member, and I celebrate me for really being courageous adults. We're really adulting. So we are the greatness of adulting and being responsible and standing in alignment with our value values yeah. to the highest degree. And with that, I say thank you so much, Freddie, for being here and Absolutely. see you next time.